Hello and welcome to the Faith and Family Matters podcast, where we talk about issues that strengthen our faith and build stronger family connections. Please join us for today's podcast with our host, William Hemphill II, Pastoral Counselor. Hello, this is William Hemphill, and on today's podcast, I would like to talk for a few minutes about a subject, and the subject I like to call it the sixth stage of grief. The sixth stage of grief. Um, I'm sure many of us are familiar with the work of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and David Kessler. Uh, they work together to come up with what we call the five stages of grief. Those five stages of grief are called denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Denial is, of course, the shock and disbelief that whatever loss we have has occurred. So in the case of the death with someone, we're shocked when we hear the news that someone has died, especially unexpectedly. We can't believe it. And so that is denial. Anger is the hurt that's inside of us when someone is no longer there. So we might get mad. Now, for example, in my work as a chaplain, oftentimes I've had to give the news that someone has died, and I've seen people get upset. I've seen, especially young people, get upset, start cussing, fussing, hollering, getting mad, want to get mad at doctors and everybody else. That's the anger in the stage of grief. Then we have what we call bargaining. Bargaining is all of the what-ifs, the regrets, and the negotiations, I like to say, with the divine power. Uh, I think about an example like when my mother had passed from cancer, one of the things that I had to deal with at times was like, what if I had taken her to his this doctor? What if I had done this treatment? What if I was able to get her to move to my house sooner so she wouldn't have had to work because that was the thing she chose to do? That's the bargaining that comes in. It's the what ifs, the regrets, the negotiations. It's those things. God, if you heal my son, I will do this. It's the bargaining. Then we have depression. Depression is the deep sadness from the loss. It's that sadness that we feel when we lose someone or something. And then acceptance is acknowledging the reality of the loss or death. Now, you might have noticed that I said loss sometimes instead of death because grief occurs whenever we lose something that we're attached to. Another way of saying it is if we have the capacity to love as human beings, we also have the capacity to grieve because grief is the, the emotional response 
to the loss of someone or something that we loved or were attached to. And so what Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and David Kessler did was they gave us a framework for discussing those emotions, those things that we feel when we're dealing with the stages of grief. Now, one of the things I would like to say about that also is that the stages of grief are not linear. The stages of grief are not linear. In other words, we don't start at denial and then progress to anger, to bargaining, to depression, and to acceptance, and then we're all done and everything's fine, well, and good. These stages are cyclical in nature. In other words, we go from one to the other, back and forth. Giving you an example, my mother has, I think she's been gone for about six years now. And recently, my sons were moving out my home, moving to their own apartment. Well, one of the things they had done was they asked their mother if they could have some of my mother's, their grandmother's stuff. And what happened was nobody told me. So they started moving. And in the midst of moving, I see this stuff starting to disappear downstairs from where my mother stayed. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? I had some anger in that moment. Anger because I felt like, even though I love my children, somebody was taking something away from me. And I think I told my wife later on, it was almost like my mother was dying again. You know, because when she died, she was taken away from me. Her stuff allowed me to have some attachment to her. And so I was angry in that moment for a while because I didn't know this was going on. So that's just an example. We go through these different things. You know, sometimes I, every once in a while I sit, I look at my phone and I'm like, man, I can't believe she's gone. Or I'm doing a family reunion. I can't believe she's gone. I say that to say this. All of us go through these stages back and forth. They're not intended to be linear. And what I really like to say is we learn how to walk a new life without the person or without the thing or whatever it is that we love or were attached to. We learn how to walk a new life without that. We go back and forth in those stages of grief. Now, David Kessler, as we continue onward, actually recently wrote a book called Finding Meaning, and he calls that the sixth stage of grief. And he talks about in the book how he started doing some work about finding meaning, but left some notes aside till after his son died. I believe if I recall correctly, it was of a drug overdose. And what he says is the premise of the book is that we are never really healed until we find meaning with the death or loss of a loved one. 
I like to add that it doesn't matter if they're an infant or 100 plus years old. Until we find meaning somehow with the death or loss of a loved one, healing never fully comes. In finding meaning, we understand often that grief will lessen, but it doesn't totally disappear as time goes on. Again, it's like I said before, it's more so that we learn to adjust to life without the earthly presence of our loved one. Kessler believes that we search for meaning, especially in times of loss. We often ask questions, why did my loved one die? Or what does this mean for my life? Or how do I continue onward in this season? We ask these questions and we wrestle with these questions as we learn to find meaning. And here's the interesting thing about it. Many times those questions are never fully answered. They're never fully answered. Sometimes we won't know why our loved one died. We figure out as time goes on what it means for our life. We learn how to walk and figure how we continue onward. So how does meaning take shape then? Meaning can sometimes take shape in giving thanks for the life of our loved one. Sometimes it can be in finding ways to commemorate our loved ones. I was recently at a memorial service where a young lady shared, of course, that her husband had died and they'd been married for decades. One of the things she shared with us was a song that she recorded by her son when he sang it to his father before he died. This particular song helps this young lady who's been married for decades to continue onward every day. And I remember hearing this song and I thought, what a precious gift. This song was a, a way of her thanking God for the life of her husband. And it was a gift given to her by her son. Do you see how that might be able to bring some meaning in that family? Sacred gifts given to one another that honor the memory of their loved one. The search for meaning, the sixth stage of grief, can often take different roads. I don't know if any of you remember watching a show that came on TV called America's Most Wanted. It was hosted by a man named John Walsh. And what happened is that his son, Adam, was murdered when he was very young. I can't remember the age, somewhere around eight or something like that. And obviously that caused some grief, some hurt, and some pain for the family. 
One of the ways that John Walsh found meaning was by hosting this show called America's Most Wanted. And the objective of this show was to help the public be aware of unsolved crimes. And so what happened as people watched this show, they became, un they became aware of crimes, often became aware of those who had committed crimes who were hiding in different places. And then that show allowed them to be identified and brought to justice. Now, did it bring back Mr. Walsh's son? No. Did he still deal with the pain and the hurt and sorrow at times because his son wasn't there? Yes. But he found a way to bring meaning and help lots of people. He helped keep the public safe. Finding meaning can take different roads, as we said, and it doesn't have to be a big thing. I think one of the things that uh, Kessler stated in his book was a young lady who her and her father watched Danny Thomas movies growing up. And of course, at some point, her father died. One day, she was at the post office and was looking for a set of commemorative stamps. And she saw some stamps that had the picture of Danny Thomas, the actor, on it. So she bought those stamps, and apparently what she said is that every time she pasted one of those stamps, whether it was on a letter or on a bill or something she sent in the mail, she remembered her father and could smile. Those stamps brought back pleasant memories and brought back meaning. Another way of saying it is meaning comes when we find a way to sustain the love for the person after death while we still move forward in life. I want to say that again. Meaning comes when we find a way to sustain the love for the person after death while we still move forward with life. It doesn't mean that we stop missing them, but we move forward and we honor our love for the person. Back to my story about my sons when they were moving to college and they started taking things. One of the ways that I was dealing with that or learned to deal with that situation was I had to step back and think about my mother. Now, my mother, like most parents, loves her grandchildren. She loved her grandchildren and would do anything for them. So, even though I was in shock when they started moving some of her stuff from downstairs and expressed some of my anger in the moment, I eventually backed up observed, and saw where that could bring meaning. My mother, my children's grandmother, leaving something that her grandchildren could use as they launched off into adulthood. And so because of that, that allowed to bring meaning to the situation and bring healing. So as I 
close some further thoughts on the book, and I would say definitely if you get a chance to buy it, understand that meaning is personal. It's what we make of it. It's how we interpret it. It's how we bring meaning. Number two, meaning takes time. Kind of like all the other stages of grief, they take time to walk through. Number three, meaning doesn't require understanding. We may never know why our loved ones died. We may never know why we lost that job. We may never know why we lost a certain aspect of our health or whatever it is that we're greening, grieving. I like to say meaning is more of a soulish and a spiritual thing. It's something that comes as we do, something that comes as we honor the memory. It's something that comes as we learn to adjust in life and move forward. Number four, and I think this is so powerful that so powerful that Kessler said this was when we find meaning, it helps with the loss but it doesn't diminish it. It helps with the loss, but doesn't diminish it. In other words, we don't trade the person for the meaning. I'm sure John Walsh would rather have his son Adam back any day. But he found a way to honor his son and bring meaning to his life. He wouldn't trade that. It was just a way that helped him to move forward. And then the final point that I want to make, meaningful connections help to heal painful memories. Meaningful connections help to heal painful memories. We understand that grief and loss is painful, but we all will experience it because we have the capacity to love. And part of the capacity to love means the, ca the capacity to experience loss and the grief that comes from that. But finding meaning can help to heal those painful memories. So this is William Hemphill, pastoral counselor, with today's podcast, Faith and Family Matters. I hope it's been a blessing to you. Take care. Until the next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. We hope that the show has been a blessing to you. If you would like more information on personal counseling, couples counseling, adoptive family counseling, or other products and services, please go to fefeonline.org. For questions about the show, please email us at faithandfamilymatterspodcast at gmail.com. 